You are now listening to The Real Enneagram, a podcast by the Institute for Conscious Being. To learn more about the Institute and its offerings, visit theicb.info. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot I-N-F-O. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Joe Howell and Nanette Moodyum. Well, welcome back to week 10 of our book series on Becoming Conscious, the Enneagram's Forgotten Passageway. We'll be looking at chapter 14 today, which are the prayers of spiritual transformation for each type. Joe, it's so nice to be with you today. Great to be back. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking about these prayers because as I read this book is the most um, personal part of the book and your expression of your journey as you worked on these. And so I'm excited to talk to you about the prayers today and hear just what inspired them. Well, I'm not often asked that question. In fact, the chapter on the prayers is not discussed very much. Uh-huh. Okay. The reason, I don't know why, because it probably is the batteries of the book. Uh-huh. Interesting way to say it. Okay. The prayers came to me because of a need in my soul that this book on the Enneagram not be static or basically informational but dynamic so that it could be applied to our everyday lives. Mm. Knowing the holy ideas that we spoke about last week is essential. But if you don't know that the holy idea is a bridge back to your soul, then how can you make the trip across the bridge? And how do you get the power to go across the bridge. Uh-huh. And that that's an interesting analogy, Joe, that you talk about the bridge, because let me backtrack and say that at our conferences, when people begin to discover their ego, and then you present this idea of essence of the soul child, that's everyone's first question is, how do we get to this soul child and how do we find our way back? And many people do describe it as a bridge. And so how do these prayers contribute to a bridge? The prayers, uh, the bridge, actually, the structure of the bridge is the holy idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there are nine holy ideas for each of the ego types. And the holy ideas actually helps us to remember what our soul's purpose is. Uh Okay. It helps us to remember our soul's true nature. It helps us to remember our spiritual identity. And that's very different from our egoic identity or our superficial personality. Not that the soul can't use the personality and shine through it, but the personality alone is just a tinny symbol. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't have the depth. It doesn't have the light that the soul has. So when we cross the bridge from our personality or our ego 
to our soul, we are remembering how we were born, the characteristics that we most expressed that are the characteristics of the divine. So how do you have the power to cross that bridge? I may know that my holy idea is holy strength and holy faith. Uh-huh. The director of this program may know that his holy idea is holy transparency, holy omniscience. But just knowing that doesn't put that in you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't put it in your body. Mm-hmm. The way it gets in our bodies is through the giving of our body, mind, and heart to the divine in sacred space with sacred words. Another name for that is prayer. So prayer is a spiritual practice Mm -hmm. that helps us apply the truths of the Enneagram because we cannot do this under our own steam. And that's when you were teaching it in conferences and in intensives is what you found, right? You found that something was missing without the prayers. Without the prayers. Uh-huh. And I knew, well, I mean, personally, it began with myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, now that I know I have forgotten holy faith and holy strength, I ask for you to give those to me. I am so tired of fear. I am so tired of self-doubt. I am so tired of the feeling, constant feeling, of being scared that I would be rejected and cast out of the group or cast out of the people I value. I am so tired of self-introspection so that I can be made more acceptable to other people. Mm. I am so tired of feeling defective and deviant, but I know that I have worth. I know that I was created for a reason, and I know that these feelings that are so negative and this fear that pervades all of these feelings is not who I really am. I need divine inspiration to become more of my true nature. Will you please help me? Mm. Now, I know theologically, a lot of people could take issue with the fact that there's a divine. They could take issue with the fact that, will you really can't manipulate the divine by intervening in your own life at will, etc. You know, prayer is part of all the major spiritual traditions. There's got to be a reason for that. And all prayer isn't just requests from God. Many prayers are just a statement of the truth, Mm -hmm. sharing it with the divine. Mm -hmm. One such prayer is a prayer from the Heartfulness Institute. It was made at the beginning of the last century by Lalaji, who is was their spiritual leader at that point. And I'd like to 
repeat that prayer for you because it is the guiding prayer of hundreds of thousands of people, not only in India and that ashram, but globally who adhere to those teachings. O God, Thou art the real goal of human life. We are yet but slaves of wishes, putting bar to our advancement. You are the only God in power to bring us up to that stage. Amen. Now, that is a powerful prayer, but it's not a petition. Mm -hmm. It's just a statement of fact. Mm -hmm. The prayers in Becoming Conscious that I prayed and wrote are a mixture of petitions and statement of fact, Mm -hmm. statement of reality. Yes. What happened was I was at my home on the Gulf of Mexico on a respite with my family. The beauty of the Gulf of Mexico is is fantastic. And when I'm there, because I was raised there, I can always access my soul child because that soul child was mm-hmm. who grew up on that beach mm-hmm. and swam with the fishes and the stingrays uh-huh. and all of the things, you know, mm-hmm. and ran with the sand crabs. So when I get there, I, it all comes back to me because the smells of the sun, the the colors there. So I'm already in my soul. So I decided what I would do would be to take a day and become the ego of each of the nine types and pray from my own lips what I would pray if I were they. And what happened was, I mean, to me, it was a a bit of a miracle because one prayer flowed out of my mouth after the other. Mm -hmm. It was basically as if I were taking dictation. It just flowed. I had studied the Enneagram so much that I kind of knew by heart the fixations of each type and the the traps and the, you know, the passions and all of the things that would get in the way of a soul's progression. So I just took it into myself and pretended like I was mm-hmm. that ego mm-hmm. and then prayed and as i prayed i was writing the prayer down mm-hmm. and what is in the book are word for word the exact prayers that came from my mouth and from my pen mm-hmm. on that day and i'll never forget it well i believe that they are transformative words and when you were saying a moment ago that some prayers are petitions and some are statements of facts. I almost thought more than statement, it's almost like an acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. I, I associate acknowledgement with an awareness. Like mm-hmm. when you acknowledge something, you verbally confirm that you are aware. And I do think that awareness is the beginning of us waking up, mm-hmm. right? We're recognizing these patterns in us, these weaknesses in us, these propensities in us. And that if you pray your type, which I have many times opened this prayer for me to say, 
and have also prayed them for my own family members as I've thought of those that I know and love as I read through the other types. By the way, it it stirs a lot of compassion Mm -hmm. in us as we pray the prayers for others. Mm -hmm. But what I find is how revealing the prayer is to me and how it does not only give me compassion for others as I pray them, but I find it gives me some compassion for myself. Could you share some of the parts of your prayer that? Sure. You're let, let, about? let me let me go to that. <laughs> I mean, it it starts out talking about being grounded and stable, which is I feel very often kind of. Very often, my nature is to be kind of steady, and that's also, of course, very comforting to me. I don't like big highs or big lows, but what I find is at the top of page 261, you start saying how our groundedness can almost be likened to being stuck in the mud. And as you describe this being stuck, I just recognize like that is, I just can sink so into my own patterns, my own habits, my own ways of doing things that I'm really immovable. Mm -hmm. And what some people probably, this means that you don't have a nine in your life, but people who know nines know that we are of all the numbers, the most stubborn, that when we really get Mm -hmm. stuck in something, my kids kind of say it's excuse this it's not only a no but it's a hell no you know my no is immovable when i finally get to one and so i think reading that causes me to first acknowledge and be aware of these patterns in me but also as soon as we are aware we can start to say i don't have to be that that's that diligent action is my antidote to this and that there is a way for me to be and also that I don't feel good about being this. I feel mm-hmm. that there is a quickening in me that is diligent action. And that prayer brings that. It ends with, oh, oh great God, energize me with your unconditional love so that I may truly matter, feel worthy, able, alert, and alive with all of my senses. That sounds a lot different than Mm -hmm. stuck in the mud. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in the prayers, there is a petition in each, but I also think that people will find an awareness of themselves. I'm sure you must have felt that as you were writing Mm -hmm. it, maybe seeing through their eyes in those moments. Um, were you thinking of people that you loved? I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I really was. Uh-huh. Um, and thinking of all that I had studied about the pain of each type. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah, I, I just became that person. Yes. Because we have them all in us. The The pain is definitely there, and that is that's also something I think is interesting that as you pray them, you may recognize yourself and the other numbers. You may really, for the first mm-hmm. time, see how really all the ego types are in you. They may not be dominant, obviously, mm-hmm. but there are feelings shared amongst all of us. Mm-hmm. And what a gift to the earth that is if we mm-hmm. begin to feel compassion mm-hmm. for the pains and sufferings of the other ego types. I read this recently in a, in a book that I called How to Be an Adult in Love by 
David Rico, I believe is his last name. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but, and he said, a spiritual practice is an ongoing dedication to a way of living that reflects a quality we already have. And I thought in truth, as we reflect on prayers and other spiritual practices that really bring us back to our essence, what a true statement that that really is, that it reflects a quality that we already have, that this work is just an uncovering. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I really thank you and honor you for writing them. They've been such a blessing to me. And I hope that our listeners today would be really inspired to take up this prayer and maybe pray it for themselves and or maybe pray the prayer of another type of somebody you're struggling with or, you know, having difficulty with that maybe you might feel their perspective for a moment. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, Nanette. Thank you for listening to The Real Enneagram, a podcast by the Institute for Conscious Being. To learn more about the Institute and its offerings, visit theicb.info. That's T-H-E-I-C-B I-N-F-O. The music for today's podcast was composed and performed by ICB faculty member Drexel Rayford. Thanks for listening today. We hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this with your friends and family.